Hello and welcome to The Book Album, your place for everything related to reading and language. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gens. Now, bookmark that book and let's begin. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. Hello and herzlich willkommen zu unserem Podcast. I'm so grateful and happy to be with you all today. We are talking about week 51 of reading 2022, and this is going to be a slightly less optimistic episode perhaps than our episodes in the past because this is at the end of the year, so there's really no going back (laughs) in terms of what I have produced this year with regard to my reading. I am still erkettet, I have a cold, so please forgive me for the pauses I might take to drink some tea or some water during this episode. I will be um, doing my best to very masterfully edit those episodes out when I'm doing so. Um, And I appreciate y'all's patience with me as we have been a a bit stalled due to my cold and some other personal things that have come up this month for December. Dickens. Um, We are posting Nicholas Nickleby before the end of the year, so don't worry, we will have at least one December Dickens episode out besides On Reading Dickens before the end of the year, and we will get to the others. It just might not be on the timeline we previously expected. First, I wanted to talk about the genesis of these episodes, where these episodes came from. (laughs) I'm sure if you look in our back catalog, you will see a couple, maybe a dozen of these episodes. And I had a time period in 2021 in particular, when I started to talk about where I was in terms of my one book per week reading challenge and also what I was reading at the moment, what I was thinking about at the moment with regard to reading. I love to talk about reading. Clearly I have this whole podcast platform for that purpose (laughs) and I never get to metacognate and really go deep with that metacognition uh, in this kind of format except for on the podcast. So it's actually a really helpful exercise for me um, to go back to the page, so to speak, and to look at my list of books that I keep every year, to look at how much I'm reading, when I'm reading, what I'm reading, is, has been really helpful and insightful for me. What I would like to read, what kind of reader I would like to become, am I reading books that are shorter, less challenging, longer, more challenging, when's the last time I read a book by David Foster Wallace? <laughs> All these questions are really important to me, and I feel that these episodes are really useful vehicles and tools for helping me achieve (laughs) answers to these questions and honestly just to take time and sit down and reflect about what else but reading. I've also heard from listeners that it's been helpful for them to kind of do the same thing, look back, maybe start making a list of what they're reading for the first time so that they can look back and every time I post these episodes, which is usually throughout the year, it really is kind of a cool let's grab a tea and chat time (laughs) about literature. It's not this, you know, high-strung, overly produced October 
or a December episode like we do on the show. It's a more casual format, but at the same time, helpful, instructive. So the actual stand of my reading list this year, I am not going to be able to read 52 books by the end of the year. I've made peace with this. I have read so far 32 books and I expect to read two more by the end of the year. I have maybe two hours left of an audiobook that I'm reading and I have less than 100 pages of another book that I'm reading. Uh, there's low probability that those will be unfinished by the new year. In other words, I will finish those two by the new year, meaning that for 2022, I will have read 34 books, which is at least 22 under what I normally do. I have had years when I read 70 books. I have had years when I have read 15 books, um, though not recently <laughs> um, for either. So I usually land around 52 to 54 books. Sometimes I hit the high 50s or even low 60s. It just depends on the year for me. This year was a jam-packed year, so I'll get into now what I did instead of reading. I graduated university. <laughs> um, that's one thing I did instead of reading. Um, I. I'm so happy and so grateful for my time at university. I learned a ton. Um, I felt so prepared to do the work that I did do over the summer. I did a research project over the summer and I circumnavigated the world. I traveled to five countries across four continents over 11 weeks. Um, and that is another thing that I did instead of reading. I did read during that trip, but definitely not a book a week. It was a lot of work doing field research, as I'm sure some of you are familiar with, and uh, traveling is amazing. I have not lost my love for it. In fact, my love for it has grown. I, I found that Malaysia and Peru in particular were really transformative places for me to stay in. Um, and yeah, I did not, I did not read. Um, I was exhausted sometimes from the flights, from stomach bugs, from you name it. And um, that was definitely a large part of my energy during my trip as well. I also moved across the world. <laughs> I moved to Germany in September and I started a grad school program <laughs> that is a two-year master's. So. Um, I did a lot this year instead of reading, so I'm actually pretty happy. I was hoping I was going to make it to the mid-30s this year. I knew probably since April that I wasn't going to be able to make my normal 52 books, but um, I was hoping to make it to the mid-30s, so my relaxed goal came in handy here. And I wanted to talk about some of the books that I did read, some that I've really enjoyed, some that I wouldn't recommend. So I actually wanted to talk about a couple of the books that I liked from this year, some that I didn't like, some that I wish I had gotten to, and also talk about some reading goals for the new year because the new year is nigh um, and I have actually more podcasting goals than reading goals. <laughs> so... Let's get into it. 
I typically tend to read self-help books in the new year. That's just a genre that I, in particular, gravitate towards. I'm not sure why this is, other than the typical feel or sense of January, this newness, this uh, turning a blank page, all of those things. Um, I am not someone who sets all these lofty New Year's resolutions that never occur. I'm someone who sets very specific and realistic expectations for myself, but usually on a very short-term scale. So the books that I read in the new year typically are, they have the purpose of setting me up to achieve those specific short-term goals a little bit better than I did the years previous. Um, for example, I read Atomic Habits by James Clear, I read a book called Rest by an author named Pong, and I also read um, this interesting book called Think Again by Adam Grant. Um, social psychology is a huge genre in the beginning of the year for me as well. I read a couple other self-help slash, I don't know, nonfiction social psychology type books throughout the year, Unprocessed by, I believe her name is Megan Kimball. Um, that was an amazing read. I would highly recommend it for any of you who are thinking about how to improve your um, consumption, whether it be ecologically or in terms of uh, your own health. Uh, unprocessed is a way or a challenge, I suppose, of eating that Kimball undertook for a whole year. Um, she did not eat any foods that were quote-unquote processed, so she went to a lot of different um, extremes to make her own food and sort of process it herself, if you will, including slaughtering an animal, um, grinding her own Sonoran wheat. Um, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, it's just, it's an amazing book and the way that Kimball tells a story is just so great. I love her description of food. If I'm not mistaking, she is a food journalist. And I remember reading this after the fact and thinking that makes total sense because everything she eats in this book sounds delicious. Um, so, and the ways that it really impacted her life after she ended the challenge. Um, so yeah, it really changed the way that I thought about food and not just from a nutritional standpoint, but also from a consumption slash ecology standpoint. Also bonus, Kimball is from my hometown, Tucson, Arizona, so I always like giving love to authors back home. I read a book called Radical Candor, which I did not enjoy. I would not recommend this book. It was supposed to be a book, I read it in a book club, um, geared towards women in the business place, and I thought that it was a lot of different elements like the statistics, social psychology, confidence help, um, different tips and tricks that all didn't come together in the end. Um, so I would not recommend this book, but if it, did, if it does seem like that's, it would be something helpful for you, of course, give it a shot. I always say the first 100 pages make or break it for me, so why not <laughs> give it 100 pages? There are definitely people out there whom this book would help and I am glad for them and happy for them. It just wasn't the book for me. I also read a book called Daily Rituals by Curry. 
I enjoyed this book, actually. <laughs> it was a book I read right after um, this book I didn't enjoy, so I was kind of relieved. A lot of these um, artists that Curry writes about, it's a lot about the daily lives of successful people, especially artists. Um, you know, so he'll go through like Einstein's day in the life of Einstein <laughs> and kind of his, the things that he would always do. Um, and I found that to be really helpful to kind of not only see the individuals and kind of those, you know, things that stand out uh, for each individual. I wish I had a ready example, but you know, someone does this odd thing. I remember a guy who like napped every 20 minutes or something. It was crazy. He took like a hundred naps a day, but he was up like all night. He never actually slept slept until his old age because his wife made him. Um, or, you know, people who were overly sexually active or things like this. Um, but also to see the overarching patterns between these people's lives and to see, especially writers, a lot of writers wrote in the mornings, for example. A lot of writers, you know, would um, have a snack before they wrote or whatever it was, and they would usually do their writing between one and three sittings. A lot of these kinds of patterns show up. Um, I feel that these daily rituals were exemplifications for a lot of the things that Pong talks about in rest. Um, so I'd recommend those two books in conjunction if you want to learn more about that entire of of rituals and habits. Atomic Habits is a great example of this as well. In terms of the other practical books that I read this year, I, I read a book called The Last Arrow by Erwin Raphael McManus. McManus is my pastor at Mosaic Church and uh, I always read his books for inspiration and just for some added biblical content in my life. So um, I really enjoyed this one. It's about the story of Elisha and his last wisdom that he gives to a king who is being besieged. Elisha, after several tasks, instructs the king to shoot the ground with the bow and arrow that he has procured. The king strikes the ground three times and Elisha says, why did you only strike three times? If you had struck five times, then your kingdom would have been saved forever. Instead, you will be besieged yearly. So essentially, why did the king stop? Why did the king stop? You know, there's no, there was sort of no command. There was no instruction for the king to stop. He should have struck every last arrow um, until basically there was nothing left. The king chose to be this or the king chose a measure of insignificance over a measure of something great um, in that moment. And that was kind of Elijah's last teaching. So it's all about this concept and how it plays out in other people's lives, in McManus's life, in um, our lives. So it really helped me as I was going through this major transition period between traveling, moving, and school um, to really remember the broad scope of things to not give up and to um, keep in mind that every day I have an opportunity to keep striking and I don't have to stop at three arrows. I also read a book called The Confidence Gap, which is essentially a book of mindfulness 
strategies, uh, most of which I have heard before, um, but again, helpful for that transition of getting back into school. And I'm finishing the year with a book called On Writing by Stephen King. Um, I've really enjoyed that book as well because I'm finishing my novel right now, my first one, and it's been super, super helpful to contextualize the last few steps of work on this novel. You know me, I love to read contemporary fiction, so let's talk about some contemporary fiction that I read. I'm not gonna like completely expound upon everything here. I'm just gonna list a couple books. Lost and Found by Schultz, Men Without Women, Murakami, um, Why Fish Don't Exist, Miller, It's Getting Dark, that's a short story collection by Stam, a Norwegian writer. Weiterleben by Ruth Kruger. Um, she is a Holocaust survivor who wrote, wrote two books and series that are memoirs. Um, Weiterleben and one other that I hope to read next year. Um, Persuasion by Jane Austen. Die verlorene Ehre der Katharina Blum by Heinrich Boll. That one is also a really interesting kind of politicized take on the contemporary novel. How to Travel with a Salmon and Other Essays by Umberto Eco, hilarious book, highly recommend. Northanger Abbey, Jane Austen, super enjoyed. Life is Elsewhere by Milan Kundera, easily within my top three books for the year. Loved Life is Elsewhere, Kundera is now one of my favorite authors. Uh, Matilda by Mary Shelley. Breasts and Eggs by Kawakami. Also really enjoyed this book. It was a very unexpected read for me and I ended up getting a lot out of it. Very long read though. Marlene by Dijan, uh, Asian fiction. A Room with a View by Forrester. Enjoyed that, but it was slow going. <laughs> so if you want a slow read, that's probably for spring or summer. I would recommend it for those times. We Were the Mulvanies by Joyce Carol Oates. Also a long, slow read, but more for fall, I think. <laughs> um, Gesichter Faces by Tove Detlefsen and Nicholas Nickleby, Nicholas Nickleby by Charles Dickens. Um, so you can see I read a little bit more German books, a few more German books than I have in years past. Uh, I read them faster now and um, living here has made it much more... Um, much easier to procure these German books that I'm reading. So a couple of contemporary fiction, short story collections that I have read this year. Um, super enjoyed them. <laughs> I really did. Um, and then in terms of the sort of miscellaneous category, I read a book called Till by Kaelman. I don't remember if this book is originally in German. I read it in English and I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would in German. Um, so just a cursor Hinweis for people who uh, can read both. I would maybe recommend this book in German. Um, the Sign of Four by Arthur Conan Doyle. I really enjoyed these little tiny snippets from Doyle. I think I read actually another Sherlock Holmes book as well <laughs> while I was on the the trip that I did not write unfortunately. Smoke Gets in Your Eyes by Caitlin Dowdy. Um, I really enjoyed this book. It's, it's you know about death and de death culture. Um, I read her second book a few years ago 
uh, and I really, the, sec the second book stays with me to this day, so I'd highly recommend Dowdy as an author. Um, and again, this book was phenomenal as well, I read it in one sitting, <laughs> so that tells you a lot. Verity by Colleen Hoover, also easily in my top three books for the year. The Guest List by Lucy Foley. I loved that book. It was uh, wild. I read it audiobook wise and it was wild. I loved it. The Host by Stephanie Meyer. A reread for me, but definitely worth the reread. It's been probably 10 years since I've read it the first time. Um, and then a couple other books <laughs> in the um, that I have not mentioned, but um, overall, an extremely enjoyable reading year for me. I think that going forward, I want to be more intentional about what books I want to read next, sort of the chronology of books, if you will, that I want to read, because I found myself just kind of going to the bookstore and figuring out what was interesting on the day, and that didn't always end up being what was interesting long-term for me, especially if it was a 600-page book that I thought might be interesting. I'd rather kind of pick that 600-page book in advance and read more Tolstoy or more Dostoevsky or more Virginia Woolf or whatever it is, um, rather than just going off the cuff. So that's definitely one of my resolutions when it comes to reading. And I think also just consistency. Now that I moved in, now that my program is well underway, <laughs> Um, reading every night, reading on the weekends more, I think that will be extremely helpful for me as I move forward into the new year. All right, y'all, thank you so much. I appreciate your patience with me. I appreciate that you would listen even during the holidays. I wish you all a very happy holidays and a wonderful new year, but look out for Nicholas Nickleby sometime in the next week. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.